who the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. Here's the key part. My peace I give to you. Not the world, not as the world gives do I give you. Let your heart, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. See, the peace that we're talking about in Romans within the kingdom that's 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 cradled with the Holy Spirit is a peace. It's not your peace, it's Jesus' peace. It's the peace that he had with the Father he has given unto. Most of us are just trying to be happy with our mate. <laughs> Let's get real. Most of us are just trying to have peace in the house. Oh, this peace goes way beyond that. This peace is so that you... See, as much as you would like to have peace at home, see, that's going to start when you know that you have peace with God and that God is at peace with you. See, as long as you're basing... See, when, when, you know when the thunderstorm... Not that, not, you, not that you know anything about thunderstorms being here in Oklahoma, but I was raised in Wichita Falls, which is just west of here, and you got the thunderstorms that we got, you just got them a day later. And man, if you've had the thunderstorms that I saw as a kid, you got some thunderstorms. Most people think that God is like the all-seeing eye waiting to strike people with a bolt of lightning because of what they've done. The first series that we taught here in January was the gospel of peace. To get us to understand, to get all of us to understand that God is at peace with us. The war is over. He took all of his wrath, judgment, and poured it out upon his son at Calvary. The peace that Jesus had with his Father, he has given it to us. So we have righteousness, God's righteousness, God's peace within the kingdom of heaven on this earth. It is a peace that surpasses any peace that you're trying to get at home. Matter of fact, you won't have any peace at home until you first realize there's peace between you and God. Because it's from that, that's really what you're after. That's really in your life what you're seeking. You're, we're still seeking to be satisfied by the love of our Creator, the one that made us who we are. So the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Second uh, Timothy, don't, don't turn there. Uh, we'll just do this real quick for the sake of time. Second Timothy 1.7 says that he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Oh, don't even get me start talking about a sound mind because usually Christians... Are the, have the most unsound mind. You know why? You know why Christians, most Christians' emotions are unstable, tossed to and fro? Double-minded man is what? Unstable in all his... Here, let me give you an example. This is Calvary. This is the cross. I'm free because Jesus has made me free. But I'm under guilt and shame because I broke all these laws. I'm free because Jesus made me free, but I'm walking in guilt and shame because I can't live up to this standard. We're tossing two different covenants. Our mindset is in two different realms. We have, we're new covenant believers. 
with old covenant mentalities. We have to get rid of this mentality. We need to repent. We need to change the way we think because in this world, in this kingdom, you can't live this way. You can't bring those laws over into here and expect to have kingdom living. You can still live in the old covenant over here just like they always did. But there's a kingdom to live in here that Jesus came. He told his disciples about it for 40 days, taught them principles pertaining to the kingdom. Mm. And it's much better. Absolutely. Colossians. Don't turn there for sake of time. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. It says, Let the peace of God. Peace of whose peace? Let his peace rule your heart. I want to encourage you to come on Wednesday nights because we really talk about the issues of the heart. What that's literally talking about is let that peace and that understanding of God having peace with you, let it govern your heart. There should not be any thought that comes into your heart. There should not be any emotion that comes out of you that is not governed by the peace of God. If someone rejects you, you should be able to go, God's at peace with me. If you do something wrong, you, you mess up, you fail, you lose your business, whatever, there should be a countenance about you that the world can't take away. There's a peace inside of you. Because your security, your sufficiency, your, your self-worth, your identity is not based on your performance anymore. Your identity is based on Jesus' performance, and you can stand tall in the midst of failure and say, I am just as loved now as I was before I even started. Man, when you can, st when you, you'll, you'll know something's different about you. You'll know the gospel's taken, taken effect in your heart when you stand and you have totally failed and you, you've maybe, you've, whatever it may be, you, 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 whatever, and you can stand and, and you don't feel the effect of that failure anymore. Come on, when you, I, mean, I don't know about you, but failure, it hurts. It, 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 it's degrading. It's, you, know, you know why? Because you feel less valuable. But listen, if you fail or you're not successful or whatever you want to call it, and you realize that it has nothing to do with your value or your worth, oh, salvation is in the house. You know what's going to happen? You're going to pick back up and you're going to try to do it again. See, if you're under the law, you'll quit. If your self-worth is based on what you do and your value is based on what you do and you, you fail, pretty soon you'll quit trying. What's it say about the, the righteous? They get up and keep on. Why? Because their righteousness is not based on their performance. It was based on Jesus' performance. Their value, their security, their acceptance, the fear of failure. The, how about the fear of rejection? Nobody in here has that problem. This is other churches we're talking about this morning. The fear of rejection. Well, I don't, I don't really put myself out there anymore because I've been hurt. Now, this is a safe time to raise your hand. Anybody been hurt in here? Why? Because you were there. Because you got hurt. And we let that affect us. It keeps us from, you know, that's why the scripture talks about someone slapping you on the face, turning the other cheek. See, that's a sign of rejection. But see, what happens in our life doesn't mean to stand there and get beat. That's not what it's talking about, people. Don't be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Jesus isn't saying stand there and get beat. <laughs> but see, the slap was a sign of rejection. In other words, what I'm saying is when the world rejects you, it shouldn't affect you. Just turn the other cheek because your, your salvation is from me. Your value is from me. I accept you because of Jesus, not because of what you do. Or, or you, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't get any value from, from what you do for someone else because then you're getting, doing it for yourself. You understand what I'm saying? Do you really do what you do because you love them or are you doing it really because you want to support yourself? Yeah. More of him. Oh, that was the word this morning. And, and by, by the way, a little side note, whenever we hit, I don't know if you've ever experienced something like that, a prophetic phrase or prophetic song that just boom. Boom. More of him, less of me. More of him, less of me. More of him. You can't put that in a bulletin. Those are the times when the Holy Spirit is prophetically leading us into something we hadn't been before. More of him, less of me. And it happened corporately. So that means this church was saying, more of him, less of us. More of him, less of us. And it's just a constant, constant constant. A jackhammer works not on one time, but on multiples. Over and over. The prophetic move of the Spirit. We have to be sensitive to that. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. I have a Ephesians is one of my favorite books. I can't even hardly read it without I might just joy keep me disciplined here. You'll try. Verse eleven. Therefore remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh everybody understand you're Gentiles. Therefore remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made by flesh by hands. This is all talking about the old covenant stuff. That at that time, everybody say that time, you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. So in other words, there was a commonwealth, there was a kingdom, there was God's select people that if you weren't a Jew, you were separate from the commonwealth, the principles, the laws, the promises, the protection the guidance, the support, the dominion of God. You were aliens from that. That's just what I said. I just kind of added it a little bit. But that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Can't get clearer than that. But now in Christ Jesus... You who once were afar uh, off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Brought near, but not into. See, He didn't bring us into the commonwealth of the children of Israel. You need to see that. It's not about us becoming Jews. For He Himself is our peace who has made both one 
and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances. Uh-oh. What was separating us from the commonwealth, the ordinances of promises, all the blessings of God from the children of Israel? What was keeping us out? The law. <laughs> Having abolished in his flesh at the Calvary, at the cross, the enmity that is the law of the commandments contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from two, thus making peace. Oh, that gets me excited. I hope, I hope someday it gets you excited. Realizing that God took this group of people and everybody else in the world, he separated them with something. Took that something out of the way for the purpose of bringing all people together in one kingdom under new ordinances, a new governor, the governor of the Holy Spirit that empowers us and helps us if we just acknowledge Him and call upon Him to fill us and empower us and equip us and teach us. I double-dog dare you to ask the Holy Spirit to open the eyes of your understanding to the truth of the good news. I dare you. And then read the book of Galatians. I double dog dare you cross the line. I dare you. You won't come back the same. Because you ask the Holy Spirit to do what he was sent here to do, he'll do it. You honor him, he'll show up. In Nehemiah it says, the joy of the Lord is our... Whose joy? Wow, what have we got a pattern here? His righteousness, His peace, and His joy. In the Holy Ghost. It's not about you people. It's about Him. The new covenant, the kingdom of heaven on this earth is not based on you. It is based on Him. Everywhere, everywhere the word shows up. Look what happened when the angels showed up. There were shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And the angels showed up, and what they say? Glory to God in the highest on earth. Peace and goodwill toward all men. Look what happened in Mary's life when, when the angels spoke to Mary, she got happy. Look what happened in Elizabeth. As soon as Mary spoke to Elizabeth, spoke the word, or even the presence of Jesus that was in Mary affected what was in Elizabeth. And immediately Elizabeth said, My baby leaped for... See, there's power. There's power in joy. Everywhere, the, the word says... In Matthew chapter 13, the parable of the soil, that when the word is planted into ground that is receptive, the first thing that comes forth is what? Joy. 
The word changes. It affects you. It moves your emotions. There wasn't much joy in the Old Covenant. There was a lot of fear. <laughs> Thank you for that chuckle. <laughs> Turn to the book of John. John chapter 15. We were just there. Mm. Verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Now, there is some conversation and discussion about this verse through people, and they say, See, if you obey the commandments, it's proof that you love God. You know how many people have obeyed the commandments and didn't love God? Here's the question. So I have a simple mind. Did Jesus' obeying the commandments, he, he says, obey the commandments. In other words, I'll just read it again. Read what it says here. Maybe you'll see this. It's real simple. If you obey my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Did Jesus fulfilling the commandments of God make Him the Son? Oh, but because he was a son, he could fulfill the commandments. Your doing doesn't make you the son. Your doing doesn't make you who you are on the inside. It wasn't Jesus' obedience to the commandments of God that made him the only begotten son of God. He was the only begotten son of God. And because he knew that in his heart, he then could obey the commandments easily and freely because of who he was. And what this scripture is saying real simply is, if you know who you are, whose son you is, obeying the commandments will be an outcome, will be a result of you knowing who you are on the inside. Oh, come on. That's a good verse. That wasn't even the point of the verse. I just had to stop there for a second. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Whoa. What this is saying is that this principle of knowing who you are on the inside. Jesus spoke to that to us so we would understand that His joy would affect our life and our joy would be full. His joy manifest in our life will produce joy. The joy of the Lord is our... Now, I, I've been involved and I'm not criticizing this in any way but uh, I've been involved with some uh, revival-type meetings or uh, manifestation meetings where the Holy Spirit's moved in, in laughter and in all kinds of, uh, you know, slain in the Spirit and all kinds of manifestations of the Holy Spirit. But laughter in itself is not, they say, oh, the joy of the Lord showed up because we are laughing. That's not the joy of the Lord. That is an outcome. Laughter is an outcome of being at peace and being full of joy on the inside. 
you can be full of joy on the inside and never laugh. But see, the joy of the Lord is manifested in our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. You will find out if the joy of the Lord, if you really have the joy of the Lord, if it's really affecting your life on this planet, in this, on this place, in this area, when circumstances around you are all negative and you still press on with your head held high, your shoulders back because you know you're a king's kid. When these circumstances don't affect you like they affect everybody else and you are strong, that is the power of being a witness. It's not you going out and telling people about Jesus and then living a different life across the street. It's about you walking in righteousness, joy, and peace, being full of power in the Holy Ghost, not being affected by this world because you are not a citizen of this world. The Bible says you are a citizen of that world. Talking about the kingdom of heaven on this earth. You are aliens from this world and citizens of the kingdom of heaven on this earth. And we need to be filled with power from the Holy Spirit. I pray every day you wake up and say, Holy Ghost, give me the power. Awaken the power that is within me to be who I'm called to be today. Because you know, The scripture says this. I love this verse. It says, when you've grown weary and discouraged in your soul. When you go weary and discouraged in your soul. You have forgotten whose son you are. If you don't want to grow weary and discouraged, you start meditating on who's your daddy. Mm. I don't want to. I don't want to trace my lineage back to some European colony, some mix between Irish and European, and don't care. I want to go all the way back where the book of Ephesians says in Ephesians chapter 1. For you that haven't seen this, I know some of us have. We're going to read it again. Ephesians 1, chapter, uh, Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Just as He chose us in Him before. What? Before what? What? Before the foundation of the world, we were chosen in Him to be holy, without blame, and in His love. Oh my goodness, church. You won't worry about your... You won't be bragging about being a Texan or being a Sooner or... I'm working on that one still. You won't be bragging about... You, you won't, your life won't be limited anymore to your past and your daddy's past. Your heritage. When you realize before the foundations of the world God chose you to be in His love. Who's your daddy? If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, He is still your daddy. But He wants you to believe it. 
salvation comes to them that believe. It doesn't stop there. There's a kingdom of heaven on this earth that God wants you to walk in. It's not on the outside, it's on the inside. But it will affect the outside. If you've never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit and endued with power to be a witness, I want to pray for you this morning. Everybody stand up. More of you, less of me. I'm going to ask this morning, as we begin to sing this, we're going to end this service the same way it started. Yes. I want to pray for you this morning. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've never asked the Holy Spirit, you've never acknowledged the Holy Spirit and said, Holy Spirit, come into my life and do me with power. Help me, teach me about the kingdom. I'm going to have you come forward. I believe that things happen when you lay hands on people. The Bible says to stir up the gift and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands. It's just not me, but we have people in our congregation, in our family, they are well equipped to laying on of hands for the endowment of power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to have you come forward as everybody begins to sing. More love. More power. Yes. More of you in our lives. More of you in this church. Yes. More power. you in our life, Lord. Mm. Holy Spirit, I thank you for this opportunity you've given me to open up your word. I pray that we, your people, will take your word and meditate on it or contemplate it. We'll imagine it. If we could just begin to imagine a life in the kingdom, that's a start. 
help us just to imagine being at peace in the midst of a storm. Help us to imagine walking through a storm being a blessing to others. Not being moved by the storm. Not being affected by the mountains. Mm. Holy Spirit, help us. Help us. We call upon you, the great helper, the great comforter. We call upon you. We call upon you. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you glory. And all God's people said, Amen.